Section 37 of The Colonel's Dream. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by James K. White. The Colonel's Dream by Charles Chestnut. Section 37, Chapter 37. Miss Laura came forward with outstretched hands and tear-stained eyes to greet him. Henry, she exclaimed, I am shocked and sorry. I cannot tell you how much, nor do I know what else to say, except that the best people do not, cannot, could not approve of it. The best people, Laura, he said with a weary smile, are an abstraction. When any deviltry is on foot, they are never there to prevent it. They vanish into thin air at its approach. When it is done, they excuse it and they make no effort to punish it. So it is not too much to say that what they permit, they justify, and they cannot shirk the responsibility. To mar the living, it is the history of life, but to make war upon the dead. I'm going away, Laura, never to return. My dream of usefulness is over. Tonight I take away my dead and shake the dust of Clarendon from my feet forever. Will you come with me? Henry, she said, and each word tore her heart. I have been expecting this since I heard. But I cannot go. My duty calls me here. My mother could not be happy anywhere else, nor would I fit into any other life. And here, too, I am useful, and may still be useful, and should be missed. I know your feelings, and would not try to keep you. But, oh, Henry... If all of those who love justice and practice humanity should go away, what would become of us? I leave tonight, he returned, and it is your right to go with me, or to come to me. No, Henry, nor am I sure that you would wish me to. It was for the old town's sake that you loved me. I was a part of your dream, a part of the old and happy past, upon which you hoped to build, as upon the foundations of the old mill, a broader and a fairer structure. Do you remember what you told me, that night, that happy night, that you loved me because in me you found the embodiment of an ideal? Well, Henry, that is why I did not wish to make our engagement known, for I knew, I felt, the difficulty of your task, and I foresaw that you might be disappointed, and I feared that if your ideal should be wrecked, you might find me a burden." I loved you, Henry. I seem to have always loved you. But I would not burden you. No, no, Laura. Not so. Not so. And you wanted me for Phil's sake, whom we both loved. And now that your dream is over and Phil is gone, I should only remind you of where you lost him, and of your disappointment, and of this other thing. And I could not be sure that you loved me or wanted me. "'Surely you cannot doubt it, Laura.' His voice was firm, but to her sensitive spirit it did not carry conviction. "'You remembered me for my youth,' she continued tremulously, but bravely. "'And it was the image in your memory that you loved. "'And now, when you go away, the old town will shrink and fade from your memory, "'and your heart and you will have none but harsh thoughts of it. "'Nor can I blame you greatly.' for you have grown far away from us, and we shall need many years to overtake you. 
"'Nor do you need me, Henry. "'I am too old to learn new ways, "'and elsewhere than here I should be a hindrance to you "'rather than a help. "'But in the larger life to which you go, "'think of me now and then as one who loves you still, "'and who will try, in her poor way, "'with such patience as she has, "'to carry on the work which you have begun, "'and which you... "'Oh, Henry!' "'He divined her thought.' though her tear-filled eyes spoke sorrow rather than reproach. "'Yes,' he said sadly, "'which I have abandoned. "'Yes, Laura, abandoned fully and forever.' The colonel was greatly moved, but his resolution remained unshaken. "'Laura,' he said, taking both her hands in his, "'I swear that I should be glad to have you with me. "'Come away. "'The place is not fit for you to live in.' "'No, Henry, it cannot be. "'I could not go. "'My duty holds me here. "'God would not forgive me if I abandoned it. "'Go your way. "'Live your life. "'Marry some other woman, if you must, "'who will make you happy. "'But I shall keep, Henry. "'Nothing can ever take away from me "'the memory of one happy summer. "'No, no, Laura. "'It need not be so. "'I shall write you. "'You'll think better of it. "'But I go to-night. "'Not one hour longer than I must "'will I remain in this town. "'I must bid your mother and Graciela good-bye.' "'He went into the house. "'Mrs. Treadwell was excited and sorry, "'and would have spoken at length, "'but the colonel's farewells were brief. "'I cannot stop to say more than good-bye, "'dear Mrs. Treadwell. "'I have spent a few happy months in my old home, "'and now I am going away. "'Laura will tell you the rest.' Graciela was tearfully indignant. "'It was a shame,' she declared. "'Peter was a good old nigger, "'and it wouldn't have done anybody any harm to leave him there. "'I'd rather be buried beside old Peter "'than near any of the poor white trash that dug him up. "'So there. "'I'm so sorry you're going away. "'But I hope sometime,' she added stoutly, "'to see you in New York. "'Don't forget.' I'll send you my address, said the colonel. End of section 37. Recording by James K. White, Chula Vista.